You're listening to an M Pavilion podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to M Pavilion 2018. It's lovely to see you all here tonight. And I'd like to start with an acknowledgement that with the land on which we stand and the traditional custodians, the Yalakut Willem, who are part of the Boon one of the five major language groups of the Greater Kulam Nation, and acknowledge their ancestors and their elders, past, present and emerging. Now tonight, tonight I'm delighted to welcome two-time Walkley Award winner Virginia Trioli as one of Australia's best-known journalists with a formidable reputation as a television anchor, radio presenter, <laughs> writer and communicator. And of course, Kame Pinos of the studio Kame Pinos, the architect of M Pavilion 2018, and Naomi Milgram from the Naomi Milgram Foundation, who are going to be in conversation. Not too formidable this evening, I think. Hello, everyone. Good evening. How are you? Isn't this one beautiful? This one is really, they are all magnificent, but this one is really beautiful. Congratulations. We'll talk, Karma and Naomi, about um, the uh, design beginnings of this, your thought process, uh, the material and construction process, but it's interesting to sit here and to feel um, very enveloped by it, really contained and, and held by this building. Is that something you had in mind from the start? Yes. Nice and nice and yeah. No, I wanted to create a, a room, but open, mm? and with view everywhere, protected with the wind, open to the city, and uh, also I designed the stool. The stools, yes. Because uh, without actuation, I wanted to be like a, a roof in, in the middle of a promenade, no? Give a space to pass, eh, like a, a furniture, mm? eh, a umbraculo, mm? to create shape. Eh? And uh, I say yesterday, the, the importance of the measure, no? No, in a moment it's very um, narrow of your head no. to, to to feel like a shell, no? It's in, in, because the idea is very simple, no? It's these two uh, pl uh, plants that they fall and cross and uh, is supported for these small mountains. Uh, mounds. 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 <laughs> Montico sounds much nicer. <laughs> yeah. And, but it's important the measure, the measure of the elements, uh, the, uh, the, the distance to give the atmosphere that I wanted, no? And, and it really works beautifully. Um, Naomi Kama, uh, uh, great moments in fashion and great fashion items have been great moments of joy and connectivity for me. I understand there was a particular fashion moment that connected the two of you. Yeah. Can, Naomi, can you tell that story? Yes. We... 
this working? Yes. Um, we met in London yeah. and uh, Kama and I were having lunch and I said, why don't we go and see the Balenciaga? And not knowing that that was Kama's absolute favourite designer, of course, Spanish and wonderful. And so we spent the whole afternoon just exploring the exhibition, which had a lot of um, heritage garments, which were really beautiful. And sometimes when I hear Kama and I read about her, she talks about things that relate to garments. So she says, um, when she talks about her project in Barcelona, she talks about how she sews between heritage and new. And it's a very interesting way. For me, it was very interesting because she was very focused um, on, on how garments are made, because her background is pattern making, and therefore how you can actually pull the city together with the same type of thinking around threads and sewing and connections. Um, so that was extremely interesting to me, which connected us automatically. Yeah. That's a, that's a lovely story and a, a great description. This shape and this um, enclosing feeling starts to make sense when we yeah. hear um, that sense. It's like a, the, the skirt or the, or the jacket or the wrap that's kind of collapsed around you yeah. And, yeah. and holds you in that way. When um, Naomi invited you to do this pavilion, what was your first response, your, your first set of thoughts about that? And I'm going to get you to hold this microphone nice and close like this. There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. No, I received a telephone call. By, uh, from Noemi, I didn't no idea of anything. Mm. Australian. They, yeah. Do you want to make a pavilion in Australia? In Australia. <laughs> That's pavilion. exactly what I said. <laughs> Hang yeah. on, let me just interrupt. Had, this is after the meeting in London or before? No. Before. 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 And this is, is this the first connection the two of you yes. had had? Yeah. A, a telephone call. Did you put the phone down and say, yes. I'm getting spam calls? Or? <laughs> No, I say I, I like to work in anything, in, and I said yes, but was but was no not really confirmed. No, 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 no not no. defined at all, yeah. and wasn't confirmed. And so I went to meet Karma because it's really important for me. Not only did I admire her and the work that she'd done, but I actually wanted to see what the personal connection could be and therefore because obviously working with an architect is very personal this is an extremely personal project and delivering um, it's very very special and our intention um, to deliver this to the city of Melbourne has so many parameters that the connection between the architect and the commissioner is extremely important. Yes, and we've spoken about this before, Naomi, with the other yeah. pavilions, um, in pavilions that have been done here, where it's a bit of a paradox. Uh, the brief, as you say, has to be very particular because of all the, the considerations from the city council and, and the air in the gardens and the like. But on the other hand, when we've talked about the briefs for the architects, it's, it's kind of mysterious and a bit fugitive. Well, I think that um, from an administrative point of view, Sam would agree, he has to get 37 permits every year from the city. So that is his difficulty, not ours, um, which he does very, very well, as you can see. We're here. Um, but um, it's very important for me to be able to give the freedom to the architect because 
I actually don't want to be prescriptive. And Kame tells a story about the only thing I said was, you know, we have lots of rain in Melbourne, so you need to put a covering on it. Um, but And we do have a 14-metre square underneath, which is for utilities, which the city provided for us. Um, but aside from that, I actually don't say anything. Uh, we talk about the perspective of the city, and Karma really wants... She can talk about that, of course. Um, she really wanted to open this pavilion to the city. Um, so we talk about landscaping. We talk about beautiful trees. We talk about proximity. We talk about transport. We talk about ideas, but we don't talk about what the built yeah. form needs to be at all. So, Karma, how did you receive the brief? When you got the brief and after these conversations, what sort of sense did it start to make to you? No, I, I explained also that uh, when I received the, the, the telephone call and then the confirmation, I start to sing in abstract, a pavilion, what I mean, a pavilion. It was very difficult. The, the solution was here. When I, I came here... When you came to see. And, and I, the first thing that shocked me uh, no, was these small uh, monticles there, that all the monticles was, was full of people sitting. And I was lucky because I came with the pavilion of Rem Kuljas and I realized what the pavilion is. You, you saw it being used. And it, yes. yes, and I, I saw the ambience and the people how used it. The day they come to have a coffee, free, and, and I thought, okay, uh, I like this. I, my interpretation is another. I wanted to be much more open to the park, but a lot of helped me to observe the other. Mm -hmm. For example, the storage, because the other pavilion doesn't have, uh, didn't have storage. storage yeah. And in, in the uh, Rem Kulhas have storage. I say, okay, mine also. Designed by, designed <laughs> by a woman. <laughs> it's, a, it's the first thing I noticed when I saw that mound. I was like, ooh, storage. <laughs> a cupboard. Remember when I, uh, we built our house, I drove the um, builders and architects crazy saying, there's a spare space, put a cupboard in it. Put a cupboard in it, put a cupboard in it. Who needs so many cupboards? I thought, you idiot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. we actually needed to build a mound to fit the cupboard. <laughs> yeah. And the mound serves a purpose. Um, why karma for you, Naomi? Yeah, why? <laughs> I think it goes to back to the beginning of why we wanted to do this and why we wanted to bring these commissions to Melbourne and why we wanted to say Melbourne could be the heart of design and architecture in Australia. Um, each architect for me had to have an individual language. It's very, very important that um, all Australians are able to see what other architects are doing all over the world. Of course, Sean Godsell was the first pavilion and I wanted to start with an Australian. And Sean has a very, very particular idiosyncratic language around his architecture. Um, and and it, he has an intellect that 
goes with that. And the intellect is what really interests me. What do these architects think about the world? What do they think about urban spaces? How are they adapting to our population densities? How do they build in cities, working with heritage? So there are a lot of considerations around um, why I've chosen each architect and each architect has been a symbol of each one of those things for me. But for me now it's getting, there is a much bigger question around humanity for me now. And that question is being asked day after day in every endeavour. How are we dealing with people? How can we deal better with people? How can we provide for better for people? And Carmes' work really interested me from that point of view and was totally verified when I went to Barcelona and saw her project of in the centre of um, Barcelona where she had made a small addition to a very famous old market, the most famous market, where in fact, and what I loved about it was she said no to the government. No, I won't do it the way you want me to do it. I actually want to do it this way. And part of that... Um, the project is three, um, three individual pieces of architecture. One is an art school, one is an addition to a market to um, support uh, weather and a few other things that the market, Karma can explain much better. The market needed some protection from weather and a few other things. And then she built a social housing project on the side of it. And then it's all around a square which has a car park underneath it. There aren't too many cities in the world that are still building car parks above the ground that are progressive. We actually need to think about this. So her entire project represented for me what was the best of urban design. So for me, that was a, a great fulfilling thing about her work. It was interesting to, um, in researching your, your life and work karma, to note that uh, in addition to the uh, degree or the, the study that you did in Barcelona, um, in architecture, you also studied urbanism as yep. well. And that yep. was a, a separate thing. Now, this is really interesting because what you describe there, Naomi, is actually someone who's conversant with the two often, not always, but often competing elements and someone who can push back against um, a government and a, a very strong bureaucratic force and still have a vision understood and realised. How do you do that? <laughs> it's, it must be extremely tricky. I believe a lot in the things that I observe, I, I analyse. Yeah, and when I arrive at some conclusion, I believe a lot. And if you believe in the things, the, the power of convince is stronger. Is it also because you can speak that language as well? That language of... of, Urban, um, of yeah, well, of, of urban design as well as in, in placemaking. And because I, I always I talk about relations, about... A context, how the, the people move, and when I, I try to combine, I have words, explanation. And for example, in the competition that I won for this area of the Barcelona, I was the only one that I don't follow the, the lines that the competition and the municipality gave. And I, I love that. <laughs> and she won. Yeah, I won because I, I convinced. Yeah, 
And also because it was a competition that permit us to explain. And I have convictions. I, 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 don't, I don't make lines, beautiful lines, no. When they say, your drawings are very beautiful. It's not my goal, make beautiful drawings. My goal is to make relation for the people, to create, help the people uh, make society, I don't know. Which is, which is real leadership, actually, and something yeah. we discuss a lot in this country, how we have an absolute paucity of people who will go and you're all nodding and you're all looking very sad. I'm sorry to bring it to that. Uh, to get out there and make and mount and prosecute the, the tricky argument, the difficult argument, the one that pushes against. So congratulations. Mm, we've had one of those this week in Sydney, I think. We've had a, num we've had a number of those. Um, so it, when you're asked to do a pavilion, a pavilion is um, an eternal concept in architecture. It takes us all the way back to the very beginnings. And as an, ar an architect, of course, she will have a good understanding of her history. That's natural. But do you have to get out of your mind other pavilions in order to no. clear your mind for yours? No. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> no, and I... And I think the answer is no. No, no. The answer is no. But also for me, I wouldn't choose an architect who thought about other pavilions. Yeah. It's not... I it's don't think you can know the thought processes of all your architects, Naomi. <laughs> but I, I try and think about architects who are so individual mm -hmm. and who have such a unique language that for them thinking about other pavilions isn't part of the process. What they're thinking about is how does their individual language represent a pavilion that's temporary in the park mm. but goes to a permanent home. I'm going to push back against that because when we all come Please to... Please don't. A, <laughs> formidable. Um, when we go to a pavilion and when we uh, go to the, the, the famous ones that we all studied in our architecture classes or uh, a contemporary one like this, we have those in our mind and the echoes of those and the successes of those are, as visitors to pavilions, I find, very important to me where I can make that connection and that comparison and I love to see the success and I, I'm interested in the failure. But as a creative person, I wonder how you clear your mind of the history that you have so carefully learned. I don't, sometimes so it's I a long speech, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, sometimes... Maybe I, cut I it down to a short no, but, question. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> going, to, going to... If I, I have seen another pavilion, mm. I, I never see... When I was a student, I say to the student, uh, in the period of formation, mm, you must uh, be attend. Mm, the thing that, but when you have his own language, his own philosophy, the thing that you must be attending yourself. It's yourself, you and, emerge from and, that. And in yeah. the program. For me, it was, was so important to understand what this pavilion means for the city, for the foundation. And when I start to think in abstract, before to, to arrive here, I couldn't because I didn't know how I was uh, doing. Yes. But when I arrived here, I understood very well what this pavilion means for the city, for the me Foundation intentions. And for that reason, I, 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 I start to, to think and to do the, this project. No with relation of another thing that I saw. No. Sometimes my inspiration come seeing a shadows, seeing a, a, a wall, and 
a small thing, maybe art sometimes, but not the other architecture. I know that you wanted to create a pavilion that was sensitive to the elements here, to, that took account of the, the light and the city and, and these beautiful gardens and the very different aspects that you get when you turn north and south and, and east. And, and the rain as well, as Naomi says, which is an eternal here. How did you account for all of those? What was your design process in wanting to take account of all those elements that you have in this open space? Yeah. Also, it's not... Each project uh, is an experience that uh, helps to go to the next one. Mm? In, a, in a way, I learn by myself mm? to going. And th th this way to make papyroplexia, no? is something that is very common in my architecture. No? But uh, when I arrive here and, and I say I want to make something with the monticles, no? And also they explain me that the wind comes from here, you must protect the wind. I say, okay, I must make something solid here. Mm? And another monticle here, protect, no? The wind that comes from the north, yes. I, I was there, the, the landscape, but not the, the city, no? The skyline. The skyline. Yes. And then uh, come so easy. To, to oh, it's true. I make, I explain. I make the small model with paper in the, in the plane going back. This big, this big. Yes, yeah. Like like, like little origami. Yeah. Like origami. Yeah. It's a but it's, it's something. The other day I gave a lecture in the university talking about the pavilion, and I express. Uh, the, the, the thing, the context, uh, my obsession for the duality, no? More of, the, my, of my project is two things, simple, maximum three, three elements. Here is two, eh? and La Torre Cuba in Guadalajara is two. No, it's three the first one, two the second. Cuba, I cash a phone, because when it's clear, simple, Always this, the impact is more strong. Yeah. Eh? I try to be um, friendly, shelled with the dimension, with the material, but the strong with the language. Mm? Two things and no more. Uh, and my idea of papyroplexia, no? origami. Yes. It's something that repeat, I repeat. Mm? Can I ask your first response when you saw the, the design that came your way from Kama? I loved it. I loved it. Were you, were you surprised? Is it what you're along the lines of what you're expecting? I didn't have any... It, with each architect, I've never actually had an expectation. I've trusted the architect. The only thing in this um, pavilion that was different to my expectation was the flooring which I yeah. found really interesting because it is a complete juxtaposition to the amount of hard surface at the top. It's an extremely soft rubber. And when Louise showed me the aggregate of um, rubber, I thought, wow, what an amazing idea for the floor. And then, of course, the way the curves go as well and the duality, again, of the two colours, it um, provided us with a surface that we had actually tried to achieve last year for our January program with children, 
because we actually couldn't have our hard service. Well, this, 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 for anyone who has a young child, this is the child, of course, of a, the yeah. surface of a playground. We all know that. So it's, it's very, very familiar to no, us. They also come from my observation when I came, because one of the day, the pavilion was full of kids playing. Yeah. And then I thought we must offer a, a, a pavilion. Absorbent yeah, servants. Soft. Yeah. Soft surface, and, and that was a big surprise to me, to be able to accommodate that. Um, we have a, a number of um, architects and architecture students here this evening and young and emerging architects, so let's ask a series of questions about the construction of this, um, if you can explain it to us. So we have um, the steel and the wood, and then is it a... What's the, um, the clear surface over the top? Is that a, a perspex it's or a polymer of some kind? This is the timber in, in and two direction. Uh, and then in the middle, for the rain, a um, metraquilato, a plastic, I don't know what the is name. What is it, Louise? It's some sort of polymer? It's a polycarbon. A polycarbon, polycarbon. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, also because uh, Noemi said me, mm, rain, Always. please, please mm -hmm. protect us from the rain. And yes. I start also uh, playing with the idea of water to see the water, to, for that reason, the, the canals are so big, no? The canal that take all the water. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And w w was construction very difficult? Was it any particular tricky aspects to it? We have to ask the team about that. Yeah. I'm sure you'd know. <laughs> I think it was a dream. <laughs> no, but, but... I think the biggest challenge we had was actually with the landscaping. Um, with the, the mounds, the here. mounds, yeah. because um, because we have we have two two tips sitting here on two the mounds, tips, but and a, a, yeah. uh, there was a real concern about people getting on them and jumping them off. So we had to create a, a ha ha and a different type of landscape than was originally envisaged. Right, so uh, like a, a barrier to people climbing yeah. on the mounds. Okay. Yeah, that w that was the biggest challenge that I got involved with. What was wrong with jumping off the mounds? <laughs> Not much, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> From your perspective, were there any um, particular challenges that you needed to communicate to the building team here that they needed no, to be aware of? I, I think that uh, all the process has been with a, a good atmosphere. At the beginning, they asked me for less money to change the canal, but uh, in a moment, they say, no, 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 because this is our only piece, no? That is... In the, it's no easy, absolutely no easy. And they did very well. Yes. Eh? Much more better than in my country. Mm? Yeah. yeah. But it's I nice think, to know. I think also we've had the same team of people working since year one. Oh, so it's the same team each year, yeah. is it? Okay. Yeah. And we've got a consistent um, team who are passionate about delivering these pavilions. And um, they've all worked together for five years. This is our mm. fifth. And um, they are there to deliver for the architect. And one of the things that I loved about this particular beam was the fact that it represents Carmé's bookshelves in a way yeah, that yeah. and stools that she actually designs because this is a piece of furniture it that Carmé yeah. actually did design for us. It's a it's a th it's a three piece um, flat yeah. pack that one. Yeah, yeah. with yeah. non nails. Yeah, because uh, I remember that. When I present the, the, the drawings and they count the seats, and I offer the seat that they asked me, no? 
but I knew that there are some seeds that depend of the, the position of the action, of the scenario, don't have view. I, I was worried. I say, wow, they realized in the moment, no? I say, I must think something because I, I didn't like, I didn't like uh, to put chairs, or, yes. or st uh, stools. Yeah, no? She didn't like it. And idea. also, <laughs> yeah, and the problems to storage. Yeah. I, 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 they didn't Small ask Small cupboard. Me. Yeah. They didn't ask me to design that. It was a gift for them. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> And gratefully received. Very yeah. gratefully received. Yeah. And I say, I need to invent something that was very simple to, to uh, mold, or how would you say, to, uh, to, to make, to mold, to construct. Yeah, yeah, yes. To construct yeah. and to storage. Yes. Yeah. And I start and I make a small model also. We make a, a, a first prototype. Then the studio start to work in... And we work. Do, I'll hold this. You pull it apart for us and show us how it works. Like a, like a selling man, man, woman. Here's one we prepared earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> and to store, uh, was made in 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 Barcelona. Barcelona, yeah. Yeah. Cheap. Because it's cheaper in Barcelona. That's, yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Well, we um, we have a great affinity with flat pack furniture here in uh, in Melbourne, so we <laughs> we totally we totally get the concept of that. That's really lovely. You did. How many did you send out from um from we Barcelona? Have, I think we have Come forty. Forty. Okay. Yeah. Have many of them been pinched? No. <laughs> Just asking. Oh, don't tell me you haven't thought about it. Stop it. Um, Not yet. <laughs> I want to talk about one of your um, key missions, something that really matters to you, Karma, and that's building communities and fostering inclusive cities. And we've spoken about the aspect of social housing that you included in that market project in Barcelona. Let's break that down a little bit. How, how can an architect achieve that? Achieve. Right achieve, achieve, create, make. Uh, make. Actually make that happen. That's a dream and a vision. How do you no, make it a no, reality? No. Is with observation. I, I I work listening a lot and go to the size observe. I I say all that to my student. An architect might has observe observe a lot and to listen to listen to. To listen everybody, eh? and never mm, in the defense. No, mm. uh, when you make something, a drawing, don't like to the client, to the administration, you must listen. Why? What they want, and try to assimilate everything. No, I work because the territory, the city, told thing to you, and you must know what they are telling. No, not the people, the, the city. The, uh, when I arrived here, this part was telling me things. Yeah. Sorry, my English. 
No, no, it's it's working just fine. We got it's it. Much better than we my Spanish. Don't mean a lot of things. Come at we are. She speak. She speak a little. Not at all. <laughs> no, we are we are understanding you very well. Yeah. So don't yeah. don't worry about that. Yeah. Can you share? Uh, Melbourne has a big challenge with yeah. um, trying to pull this city back from what it's turning into and to to try and make it back yet again into a more inclusive city. Can you give us some examples of other cities that are doing that well, that actually have the idea of community and inclusion at yeah. the heart of what they I, do? I, 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 I say that the last times, the city, our society, I think they don't have clear the idea of a city. In the, in the industrial time, in, in the last, the 19th century with the bourgeois, they had a clear one idea of city, no? The promenade, the public space. Now, because the power is the market and the houses are objects to earn money, it's merchandise. And the roads are to arrive uh, at the houses. They are not also the, the society each time is more and more individualist. The concept of community, of society, is not clear now. For that reason, the populism, the nationalism, because we are a little alone with, with no identity. Each time, less and less. And the city is very important because can give us identity, give, give us uh, dignity, Hmm? For, for example, this space that is free. We are here in the middle. If a drone see us, uh, no, in, in a park, people here that arrive for that reason. When you say me, uh, I like to see how arrive everyone, from everyone arrives from different points the, of the compass. Yeah, it's rather like the building is sort of, of a Pied Piper. To think that people from all the direction can arrive here and and meet for a discussion. This is the thing that makes city. Uh, that's what the project has always been about for you, Naomi, from the very beginning. In a sense, this building, these buildings have been microcosms of that idea of, um, of a building that, that uh, opens its arms, that draws people in, that, that is inclusive and that represents community. Have you seen any um, representations of that sort of taking hold elsewhere because of the, this year's long project? Um, I, I definitely think government is starting to think more about it. If you think about the areas in Victoria particularly, like Abbotsford, Collingwood, Cremorne, which used to be called Richmond, um, um, there are areas, but the government looks at it differently to Carmen and differently to me. I'm talking about building communities as well, and this is the focus of the M Pavilion project, and how do we do that, and how do we get that dialogue going all the time in all sectors. They are actually doing it on the basis of job generation. And actually, I don't mind if it comes out of economic imperatives, but the market force is what is what Carmen referred to, the market force is really hurting us now. I think that, you know, um, I actually, I hope there are not too many developers in, the, in the, our midst, but somebody keeps saying to me all the time, well, 
developers need a return. Well, I don't know any business that actually gets a guaranteed return. Mine certainly doesn't. Um, so I don't understand that language. What does that mean? Um, developers have to be cognizant of all the things that Karma has spoken about. They need to understand what's at the back, what's at the front, what communities need. It's so critical to our capacity to actually have a life. Um, so they're the sorts of things that we are trying to influence and Kame represents everything that's great about that and the work that she's been able to do everywhere is not only inclusive from a social housing point of view but inclusive of the thought processes that communities actually need. I know that um, and we all who appreciate architecture uh, would feel that too that you talk, you've spoken before in the past, Karma, about architecture being important in constructing a common memory. Mm. We have those shared experiences in shared places, buildings that stay and that last. How do we make the balance between that and maintaining that common history and memory and what um, Naomi was speaking about, which is the desire to keep building new and making new and often building new over the top of the old and the, um, and the common memory. Yeah, uh, we must respect a lot the memory because the memory is, is the, the thing that gives identity at the things. With no memory, we don't know who, who you are, the, your memories, no? The same, the city. The city is the, the building that um, takes me the memory of the society, no? But we can enter in dialogue of all all this. It's to to respect, to understand, to dialogue, and to believe in in in, in the contemporaneity. Hmm? It's a tricky thing, though. I mean, as you say, it, it it's, is it's almost tricky. impossible to make that argument now. And, and I'm, I'm shocked. You know. I'm shocked in you know 2018 to see now very genuinely precious buildings being you know stripped down and reduced to facades so that. 35 stories can go up behind. I, I thought we got over that. Well, obviously we haven't. But I, I think that the language that Kame uses about sewing and threading is really important because you never lose the context of what your history is or what your future needs to be. The common thread. The common thread always, exactly. And I think that that's very important language. Uh, and thinking. Yes, yeah. Something else I wanted to talk to you about, and it's something that preoccupies um, a lot of Australians and particularly Melburnians now, is the issue of, of waste, waste in our society generally, but also waste when it comes to building and construction and reconstruction. How have you addressed that issue in, in your work about using um, substances that are sustainable and, uh, and reducing the waste when it comes to, to building well, new projects too? As yeah. in rubbish. Rubbish, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I try to use a, a natural material. I say there are some kind of material that is spoiled, no? With the time, became spoiled, yeah. garbage. Yeah. And the other material, with the time, became old, entering in relation with nature. A stone, uh, with the time, is old, with the... Uh, the vegetation, uh, the, no, hongos, sorry, the English, the, the mushroom, no, the, yes. the mall, the mall, eh? 
uh, the, the good the same. Eh? The, uh, uh, I, I like to use the, this material, the, the time, don't spoil, don't transform in, in garbage. And that, that, that last. Uh, yeah. Take the memory. Hmm? Uh, I don't know if you know the, the, the cemetery of Igualada that I made with Enrique. Uh, uh, it's, it's almost abandoned because now they use another cemetery. But it's so beautiful. So uh, it's a little romantic because the nature takes place. and. And the atmosphere is marvelous, no? Because all the material are old, but no garbage. Mm? And this is the thing that I like. Mm? And also another thing is the sustainability, no? Uh, is to, in a way, uh, to work with common sense is enough. Mm. Uh, they all, uh, before the technology, no? The, the tra traditional architecture, with only the material, they get a good condition, no? Nowadays, with the technology, we can do everything. It's a little go back, no? And take uh, advantage of the material, the orientation, it's common sense. No? Did you want to jump in there? Yeah, I, I mean, I think about wastage in Melbourne a bit differently. Uh, of course, there are all those aspects of garbage, et cetera, et cetera, and sustainability. But I think about wastage in the terms of the city as to living in places. Like how many places in Melbourne could be repurposed? How many places in Melbourne could be lived in that aren't lived in? Um, you know, if you talk to Rob Adams, you ask him about repurposing and he says the University of Cape Town actually wanted to build new buildings, but when they discovered and did a time efficiency on the university, they discovered that, you know, something like 70% of the lecture rooms weren't being used. So they repurposed the timing schedules and discovered that they actually didn't have to re build or build a they, new they building. Had, they had the space, yeah. Yeah, that they actually had the space. So... I think that they're the sort of wastages that we need to start looking at in our current buildings because, you know, we do talk about the population growth, but I'm sure there are many, many ways to repurpose what we have in a way which would make it much more efficient. I mean, cars, you know, how many cars stand idle? I think the number is, you know, 95% of them are idle um, most of the day. So I think, I think there's a whole uh, new way of thinking around repurposing that's really important. And a broader sense of wastage. Yeah, no, it's, that's a, an interesting observation. Uh, Karma, what have you noticed as the most significant change in your own architecture over the, the course of your career? So starting out as, a, as an emerging and a younger architect, over that course, what's, what's changed most for you? No, I didn't change. I, I, no change? I, evolution. But not change. Describe that evolution to me then. That's interesting. To, to learn about everything, about yourself. Uh, to be critical with yourself. Uh, to, be, to be attentive. And to know each time more clear what do you want. Hmm? Uh, and I, to have the courage to do it. Yes, I absolutely. I think the courage is really and, important. And, the, uh, and trust with yourself. Yeah. 
Eh? Yeah. That this is the, the, the thing that gives us the courage when you believe in you. Mm? Yeah. It, to believe in you, to, be, uh, to feel you. Mm? And uh, to, to know your limits. Uh, to, to take also courage to, to confront with yourself mm? and concentration with the thing that you are doing. No, no look at that thing to feel you. Uh, to the student and say, don't see yourself. See the thing that you are doing. Because there are a lot of um, uh, students that make something and they f look at, uh, yeah. I do this good, this no. Is what is your purpose? What is your goal? Is, are you in the in the way? Concentration in the thing that you are doing, and after critique with you, but no facing to you. Always inside you. I know teaching is very important to you, and you've been you've had professorships at a number of places and taught at places like Harvard and Columbia and the like. Why does teaching matter to you so much? Why is that so important? No, I, I, I stopped to teach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did no it more. matter to you then? Berkeley no did her in. No, last, last year I was in, in Berkeley. Uh, I was uh, working here, working in, 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 in Mexico, teaching in, in, in San Francisco, in, in Berkeley. was too much. And too I many said, flights. Yeah, too many flights. And I say no more. I am... Uh, all enough to say no. And um, has Naomi taken you fashion shopping yet in oh, Melbourne? I love that. She loves shopping. <laughs> yeah. And I love the uh, Melbourne design. Yeah. I, I, I spent too much money. Alpha, Alpha no one's going to have a problem with that, yeah. let me tell you. Alpha 60 yesterday. Alpha 60, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Some of the, tell us some of the places you've been to that you liked. You, you might have yeah, to tell yeah, us now. And there is a, a, a very small shop of jewellery, modern art. Gallery Fanaki? Yes. Yeah. yes. I, I came there uh, 10 I, years I ago. I looked at these earrings and I thought, did you yes, get those yeah, at Gallery yeah, Fanaki? Yeah, yes, you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Are they, they're not Kali and Makigawa, are they? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> but uh, 10 years ago, Leanne Silka, the, the, uh, brought me at this shop and I bought things and... And the first thing that I did when I arrived in Melbourne, I want to go to this shop again. Yeah. Everyone will be delighted to hear you say that. <laughs> and Christine is a little treasure yeah. trove. You can't, you can't leave town yeah. without that. I have um, to take her there. <laughs> we do have time for some questions, but um, uh, while we wrap up this part, please thank our wonderful speakers, yeah. Kame Pinos and Naomi Milgram. Um, we do have a roving mic and I, I, we will take a couple of questions. Um, keep them brief. And, and uh, whack your hand up and don't be shy if you actually do think you have something to ask or a burning question. This will be the only chance you ever get this little situation going on. I have one here. That's number one. And then number two is... Number two is there. Go right ahead. Hold it up nice and high. Hi, thank you. Um, I, I'd also like to acknowledge we're on the, the land of the people of the Kulin Nation. So thank you for that. Welcome. Naomi, welcome. Um, I don't know if you know, but in uh, Victoria, in the high country, there are places where they build little shelters for the animals, and they just have two sides to keep the wind away, and you often get these extraordinary views of the other hills and mountains. And it, it, it was interesting, because it's like being in the city, but being in a place which shows off the mountains. So it's beautiful, and thank you. I, 
uh, it's unusual, really, to be in the city and feeling like you're in the country. Um, my question is, how did it, you're building a little shelter in Melbourne, how did it feel to fly to the other side of the world when you're very busy to build a little shelter in Melbourne? How did that feel? In your heart. Yeah. This in, in a way, uh, to be an architect is, is to make a different program to transform the dreams and the thoughts of other people in the reality, no? Yeah. Uh, when I said me, where do you would like to, to live? Uh, I say in the place that uh, I can work. If uh, Groenland asked me to make, I don't know, uh, a uh, school, uh, something, I go to Groenlandia, no? And it's very beautiful to arrive at a place to try to understand. Uh, the first time that I, I arrived in Mexico to work, the, I, I tried to understand the culture. I read a lot about the culture of, of Mexico because here in Melbourne, the people are more similar to me. Uh, Melbourne remained me a little Barcelona, but we are more occidental. In Mexico, that are Latins, but are much more different than, than me, no? than us. Eh? Because the, the, the connection with the old civilization and the sense of monumentality, the relation with the dead, it's completely different than us. And I read a lot, and I, I tried to be in contact. Uh, this is beautiful, eh? to spend time to try to understand the new culture. Uh, the, but uh, architect means to have the, this capacity to understand. Uh, it's our responsibility, our obligation. Mm? Not impose the thing that we want, you know, understand, eh? be attend. And when I arrived here, was was not the first time in Melbourne. Was the third time in Melbourne. But I observed the park. I observed the people. I observed how they use, and I respond of all that. I think also. <laughs> I think also with a pavilion of this nature for uh, Karma and the other architects, having total freedom with the design, um, you know, Karma was in quite an unusual position um, being the fifth architect. So she actually had a lot of precedence. But having the freedom to actually build anything is very, very unusual. Well, each one of the architects has said to me that's very unusual. You know, you don't have to fit a bathroom. Yes, you might have to fit a cupboard, but... And <laughs> we haven't actually had such a great cupboard in any of the others. Um, but there's total freedom here, and that, that's quite interesting. And when Carmen talked about her work the other night at um, Melbourne University School of Design, she talked about the fact that the pavilion was an informed building by all of her other work, but allowed her to experiment. And, you know, this allows for failure as well in here, which is different to doing a, you know, a public building or a hotel or 
a market or anything else. There's no room to fail. But here there is room to fail and experiment, which is also very important to the work we're trying to do. And we have a question over here, if we can get them. Work your hand up, sir, so we can see where you are. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Cam, I just want to ask the question. Your, your work uh, covers a broad um, spectrum of building types uh, from large scale to small scale. I was wondering if you could just elaborate a little bit about how you address scale and how you talk about the personal with, with perhaps your buildings. Um, are you able to do that? You, you, you can help me. Uh, it's a question about Sorry, yeah. <laughs> because you uh, work in uh, have such varied nature of buildings. How do you address? Can you address briefly the um, the the issue of scale? How you deal uh, with scale and at the same time maintain the personal? That you mean that they work in very small scale? Yeah, very very big and small. No, and and yes, yeah. and all the buildings they're always yeah. very, they always sit very comfortably with what whatever. Yeah, but the, my philosophy is always the same. Huh? Uh, for example, the, the expression of the structure. If you know my furniture, my furniture is only, uh, only um, a, a structure. For example, the shell, I, I have two, uh, two, two different um, ways, no, two different shapes. One is uh, uh, always uh, a metal, a plant metal, fall in, in a U. Uh, and this is the the, the cartela, the support, mm? Mm? and also is like a box open that help uh, to support the books. Mm? And the other one is like the canal. Eh? Uh, how do we say cartela? There is some pop, someone that can help me. Cartela. Cartela is the structure that uh, support a, a, a shell. No? Yeah. Do yeah. Uh, one shell is like this. This is the cartella, no? Mm? The up, the and up, the, and the other the is the shape of the, uh, of the cartella. It's in a triangle. The bracket. Eh? Bracket? Brackets. Yeah, the brackets. Mm? It's, it's only structure. Mm? And the structure is the shape. It's how you mm, see, no? It's the, and the, the same in my projects. Mm? Uh, Torre Cube is only structure. Mm? It's the track column that support the... And Casa uh, Forum, the same. To a square, that is expression of structure. I make the same in, 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 in furniture, the same. For example, the furniture are... I don't present something beautiful. But I, I like that the user define the, the, the last um, shape. For example, uh, um, the money, this is, one can decide if I put like that, like that. It never is a, something iconic. It's a game. Eh? Here you can enter for everywhere. You can see like eh, surprise, no? Uh, I, I work in the same way, making big things, that is small thing. I have a lecture mm, that explains that. Eh? <laughs> no, I did this in Barcelona a, a, a week ago eh, to, to, to express how 
my thought is the same when I make a tower, yep. that I make a shell. We'll connect you um, to the lecture. Um, Kama, it's been an absolute um, privilege and pleasure having you here in Melbourne. Thank you for this beautiful building. We hope you like it too. Are you yeah, pleased very, with it? Very, very, very. I Good. feel so happy when I see the stool, eh, the people. Yeah. On it's working for you? Good. Naomi, yeah. um, congratulations to you and thank you so much again. Please thank, thank them both, you. won't you? You are listening to an M Pavilion podcast, conversations about design and the world we live in. For more, find our podcasts at mpavilion.org forward slash about. Tune into News Breakfast tomorrow morning, won't you? Yes, Virginia. Yes, Virginia. Thank you. <laughs>